Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Moments with Michelle Donatian, where we frankly talk about the struggles of life and how we conquer them in Jesus Christ. Well, today is a fantastic day, and this episode is part two. Part two of Monday night's episode, uh, part two of episode 14, and the episode is entitled, Judgment. Stop it. It's hurting you and everyone else around you. We are having a wonderful day here today. I hope you are as well. I'm looking forward to sharing my heart with you here, and I'm just so excited to be sharing part two of this podcast every Monday at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time and Wednesday at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll be coming to you with more content, more of what God wants me to share with you. And I'm just so excited. To me, this is such a special time that I get to share with you, and it means the world to me. It means so much to me to share what I've learned and what God has placed in my heart to share and that he uses me as his vessel. It's my absolute privilege to be used of God and to touch your lives, to talk to you, to share with you, to hear from you. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. What a wonderful blessing it is to me, and it is a beautiful, beautiful thing. So what we're gonna do is we are going to get started with the places that you can find and listen to this podcast. Of course, you might be listening on Anchor right now. So if you're listening on Anchor, you know you can download the Anchor app. And the Anchor app will allow you to subscribe. You can favorite the podcast. You can also send voicemail messages and give your opinion, ask questions, You can just say hello. I would love to hear from any and every one of you. So, of course, you know you can download the Anchor app. You can just go to the the, uh, Apple Store on your Apple, your iPhone, and you can download the Anchor app, A-N-C-H-O-R, or you can go to the website, anchor.fm. And anchor.fm, also forward slash moments with Michelle Donatian, If you put that in, you can find me and you can listen to the podcast online. You can share it with your friends, whether you use your app or whether you use the online version. Either way, you can share it. You can also go to Apple Podcasts. And on Apple Podcasts, all you've got to do is just put in my name, Michelle Donatian, or Moments with Michelle Donatian. You can find us on Google Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify on Breaker. Breaker uh, is another one where you can go online as well. It's www.breaker.audio forward slash moments slash with slash Michelle slash Donatian. You can go to CastBox. CastBox is castbox.fm forward slash channel ID 1360702. All you have to do is put that in your browser and you can listen online. Overcast is another one you can go to, overcast.fm forward slash iTunes 13888 
1-800-908-0370. Moments with Michelle Gonatan. And last but definitely not least, Radio Public. You can go to play.radiopublic.com forward slash moments dash with dash Michelle dash Donatian. And I'm so happy that you joined me today. We are just going to be talking about judgment today and so many other wonderful things that I'm just looking forward to sharing with you. And I know we all deal with it. We all deal with being judged and judging others. But the most important thing is whether or not we judge others. Whether or not we judge others. So we're going to just get started with prayer before we move on, and then we're going to get right into the podcast. So Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you for today. We thank you, Lord God, that you have brought each and every one of the people listening into this podcast here today for this certain time, for this specific moment, because you knew and you had a plan for them and you knew you wanted them here because you are sovereign God. We thank you, Lord God. I give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor because you are so holy. And I promise, Lord God, to give you the praise and the honor for everything that you do through me and that I see that you have your hands in because you are God. Oh, I promise to give you all the praise and the glory, and I thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, I also want to mention to you as well, if you have a testimony that you want to share, you can always post it on my Facebook page. Uh, that is Michelle Donatian, Inc. That's it, Michelle Donatian, Inc. Uh, short for Michelle Donatian Incorporated. You can also post it and share it on Instagram under Michelle Donatian or Twitter under Michelle Donatian. So you can go to any of those pages, but you can also go to the Anchor app. If you've downloaded the Anchor app, which I highly recommend, if you've downloaded the Anchor app, you can go there and there's a little button that says send a voicemail. All you do is click the little button and it gives you a chance. You just pick up your phone, put it next to your ear like you're talking on a phone and you're able to leave a voicemail message. You can leave a testimony, a prayer requests, anything. You can let me know on there, anything that you want to share. So I am looking forward to hearing from you all, and let's get started. So, judgment. Judgment. I think we've all been through situations where we make judgments or we are judged. Nobody likes to be judged. I think most people, even those who have trained their hearts and their minds to not really be bothered by judgment, I still am sure you probably don't like the way it feels. You've just learned to move on and that it's not the most important thing in your life when someone judges you. But you see, in our Christian walk, we're responsible for us. You know, Paul said in his word, he said not to cause any problem, not to cause any harm to be done to your ministry. So he said to do to everything, to do it, everything in the right order so that anybody looking on would not, basically would not get the wrong idea, that it would not ruin the ministry of God that God has given in you because he works through you in that ministry. 
So we have to be very wise about our choices and our decisions and the things that we make. Not that we're worried about what other people think in the same sense that you might be thinking, but that we don't want to give any bad testimony. Yes, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to accidentally say something or you're going to say something and someone's going to misconstrue it or misunderstand it or or just they're going to be offended because you are you or because of the spirit of God in you. I'm not talking about those things, but I'm talking about being wise and using wisdom in your lives, in your speech, in your actions. For example, for many reasons, I'm not going to, I don't know, what's a good, I can't even give you a good example right now. I can think of a few, but they're not the best examples. But I think you know what I mean. You know, you want to be wise about the things that you do. Ah, here's a good one. A pastor said, um, and I was listening to him, he said this just the other day. Um, and I'm going to say, I'll say his name, Pastor Benny Hinn. I love him dearly. I've been given such a revelation. God has used to, that man of God to give such revelation. And so um, I, I enjoy listening to his teachings and to the sermons that he delivers. But with that said, you know, Benny Hinn has... Um, mellowed out through the years, and I'm actually using his own words. He has said things like, I'm a lot nicer now, or I've mellowed out a lot. And I guess he was just young and in immaturity. You know, I don't really know all the reasons, but um, I'm, I'm really just sharing what he has said. So those are the things that I do know because that's what he has said about himself. But one of the things he said recently in a, 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 Sunday, a Monday night um, meeting that he teaches on Monday nights a few times a month, I think twice a month it is, and he said that he stopped with his own private plane. And the reason, and I'll back up for a second, he, he used to fly in a private plane. In fact, I remember going to a meeting in another place a couple of years back where he asked those, you know, he was talking about having a private plane. This was something that he felt like he was led to do, led by the Lord to do. Um, and well, I don't know if he said the Lord, I think he said the Lord led him to do it. I don't know if it was just his desire and he thought it would be a good idea because he had had private planes and he did crusades all over the world for many years, or if it was something that the Lord led him to do, I, that he thought the Lord led him to do. I can't remember which one he said, but I know he was uh, looking to buy a new private plane. And, you know, I'm not here to make a judgment about a man of God's call and what God says to him or her. That's not for me to decide. So I just am led by the Spirit. So if the Holy Spirit tells me to give, I give. If not, I don't, and that's that. Uh, and I mean towards that specific offering. I don't mean to say uh, if I'm being fed, you know, I want to make this clear. The Bible tells us if you're being fed by a man or woman of God, the Word of God, then you give. There, that's not a question. That's not a question. Your tithes go, you know, to the house that you're fed in. So when you're fed the word of God, you tithe. Not a question. You just do. So uh, now that I said that, to be clear, above and beyond that, you know, we give offerings. You know, if, if you don't know, the word tells us that we give our tithes and our offerings. The tithe is 10%. You no know, ifs, ands, or buts about it. 10% of your gross income. That means before taxes, you give 10% of that off the top before you give anything else. And that creates a chain reaction in the spirit because you're showing God that you trust him. 
And he doesn't need you to do anything in this world, but it is an act of faith and it is an act of love in your own heart. And I've watched God minister and do so many wonderful things through my life, in my life, with money once I began to tithe faithfully. So then there's offerings. And offerings are given according to what the Holy Spirit leads you to give. You give an offering as the Lord leads. You're, you know, you, you go to a meeting and maybe you are fed the word there, but you already have a home church that you attend and you're fed the word every week, every, you know, I don't know how many times you go to church, maybe twice a week, three times a week, whatever it is, once a week. But uh, this is above and beyond that time. And the Holy Spirit leads you, you know, you give $100, $1,000, $5, whatever it is, you are led by the Holy Spirit. And so he was asking for an offering, and that's what it, what, what it was. Or I, I shouldn't say he was asking for an offering. I'm saying that I was, you know, contemplating whether or not, um, you know, that was what I wanted to do. But I fast forward, and he said recently that he is finished with having his own private plane. He said he flies commercial now. And I noticed... The last few times that he talked about flying, he talked about being on a commercial plane. He didn't make a big deal out of it or really make any statements about it. He just just kind of like the fact was he was on the commercial plane and I didn't think anything of it. I've flown commercial myself and you know, it is what it is. You have to fly a plane to get to Africa or across the world, you know, wherever it is you're going, Korea, whatever. And he said, I feel like I'm not to be using a private plane anymore. And he said this, and he said, the reason is because people don't understand a preacher that has a private plane. And he said, and it just is a bad testimony in the ministry of God. He said, I'm not saying it's wrong. He said, but, well, I don't remember if he said, I'm not saying it's wrong, but personally, I don't believe it's wrong. There's nothing wrong with having wonderful things through what God has done in your life. However, I can completely see what he meant when he said it's just a bad testimony. People get up in arms when they see a man or woman of God with their own private plane or nice cars or nice clothes or a nice house. And again, I am not against a man or a woman of God having beautiful things because if God blessed you with it, he wants you to have it. But it was a very good thing to hear him say that I never thought about it like that. It was a bad testimony. And I've seen it. We've all seen it. And you may have been one to say it. God is God. And he chooses what he chooses to do. I'm not God. I'm not here to decide what a man or woman of God has in their life. I'm not here to decide or to be God and say what God should give to them. I'm not here to decide what they drive. All I'm here to do when I listen to the preaching of a man or woman of God is I'm to give as the Holy Spirit instructs me to give. And what that man or woman of God does with that money that I give, that's between them and God. And quite frankly, I trust that when God instructs me to give, whomever he instructs me to give to, that that man or woman of God is trustworthy because the Lord God would not instruct me to give to them unless their ministry was good ground. And when I say trustworthy, I mean that their ministry is good ground.
I'm giving to the work of the gospel. You're giving to the work of the gospel. So I say all that to say there are so many facets to that. But that's a perfect example of judgment. A really good example of judgment. Because so many people have an opinion about whether or not a woman or a man of God should have their own private plane. Like I told you, I don't think there's anything wrong with it as long as it is a blessing from the Lord. They choose to buy it if they believe that they need it to fly around the world. Maybe they're doing crusades. Maybe they're doing meetings in other parts of the world. I don't know their life because I'm me. But I choose not to judge them. It's a dangerous thing to judge a man or woman of God. When you go through scripture and you see any time a person judged a man or woman of God and spoke ill against a man or woman of God, it was dangerous for that person doing the ill speaking. Go through your scripture and look at it. You'll see it. And it was so important that even David said to touch not Saul, the anointed. He understood that God put that man in the place that he was in and only God was going to take him out. He was not there to do it. And if you remember, there was a time, and I believe it was David, um, where someone came and they were, I believe, at war or fighting and, 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 and the person, I believe it was David, um, he, this person came and began to brag and lie and said that they killed, uh, I believe it was Saul. And the man that was being bragged to was a king and he immediately killed that person. Why did he kill him? It wasn't that man's place. He was out of order. And there was a whole lot more. And I'm not going to teach on that here today. So I'm going to just stop right there. But my point is, it is dangerous to speak about a man or woman of God because it's judgment. And when you begin to judge someone, you make yourself higher than God. You make yourself higher than God because if God is not sovereign enough to be able to handle the universe and handle them and take care of what he needs to do to teach them, if he needs to chastise them, whatever it is to bless them. And you feel the need that you must come and give your idea about the situation and your judgment about it. That means you're putting yourself before God. And that's a scary thing to do. Scripture says that. Scripture says that. So friends, it's so important to be careful. The words that you say, and even deeper than that, the thoughts in your heart. The thoughts in your heart. Because Jesus said that if you hate a man in your heart, then you've committed murder. He didn't say you. it's like you committed murder. He said if you hate a man in your heart, you have committed murder. Your heart matters. Your heart matters. So he said even, the word even says, you know, what a man thinketh, so is he. Whatever's in his heart is what he is. I'm paraphrasing now. So that means that if you have hatred in your heart, you are a murderer. Jesus said it. 
Jesus said it. If you are walking around with ill will in your heart towards people, let's just imagine that someone says something to you and it hurts your feelings. And then you begin to think about it more and think about it more. Because it usually starts with hurt feelings. That's where it usually starts. Not always, but oftentimes it starts with hurt feelings. And then it turns to well, wait a minute now. He, he, who was he to say that to me? How dare he talk to me like that? Now you're offended. He doesn't have a right to say that to me. I mean, I'm, I, I can do, I, I, I have been doing this. I've been serving God for so and so years. Who does he think he is? You're offended. You're offended. And the Bible says that it's sin to take offense. You've taken offense, my friend. Then it goes on. If you don't stop it right there, it goes into bitterness, letting bitterness take root in your heart. These are the steps. This is what happens. This is the way it goes. So then you've got bitterness in your heart. And bitterness, you begin to hate the person in your heart. Okay? You don't realize it oftentimes but you don't like what the person says, or you look at their clothes and you just, you know, you tear them down with your words and behind their back you're talking ill of them. And maybe you're saying, oh, well, all I'm saying is the truth. My friend, you're in judgment. You're walking in offense. Unforgiveness, because unforgiveness unchecked turns into bitterness. Bitterness is what it turns into. And the Bible tells us, don't be unwise. Don't let bitterness take hold of you. Don't let the seed of bitterness take root in your heart. I remember uh, many, many times in my life, and I'm sure you can say the same thing. Let's just say this. We've all been there. We've all been there. We have to be very, very careful. You see, judgment is so easy to do, okay? So easy to do. So simple. So, so easy because we do live in a world where people will say mean things to us or say unkind things or do something unkind or we perceive it as them being unkind. How many times have you done something and the other person just knew that you did it on purpose and were trying to hurt their feelings or trying to make them feel, un or feel stupid or, or feel unintelligent? Have you ever had someone say, well, you just said that to make me feel bad? Or, or what you say, they said, well, I'm not stupid. Well, all you were doing was making a point about, I don't know, Hey, did you know this movie is playing in the movie theater in California too? And well, they are so offended in their heart already. They're walking around in bitterness and offense already and unforgiveness that anything you say, they're going to hear the wrong way. And they're going to take offense. And they're going to say, well, I, I'm not stupid. Or they're going to think it in their heart. I'm not stupid. Why does she always do that? Or why does he always say things like that? They're walking in offense, bitterness, unforgiveness. And you can't control the way they feel. Only God can change their heart. 
Now, what if you then begin to judge them and say, well, I'm getting really tired of every time I say something, they take it the wrong way. Every time, everything I say, they get it wrong. They get the wrong impression. They get the wrong understanding. Well, now, my friend, you're judging because they were judging you, you know. They were judging you. They're walking around in judgment. And now you're doing the same thing. The same thing. And here's what the word says about that. In the book of Romans chapter 2, it says, Therefore, thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest. Whoa. For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. I want you to turn with me to that scripture because you've got to see this yourself. This is the book of Romans chapter 2 verse 1. Therefore, thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judges. That's anyone. That's the pastor that judges. That's you who are judging the pastor. God called you inexcusable. Whoa. Inexcusable. Now, I'm going to say some more things here as we read the word, and you're going to see how scary it is that you've been called inexcusable or that you are inexcusable because of your judging other people. For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. Look at that. For thou that judgest doest the same things. So you're walking around talking about how that person didn't forgive you, but you're walking around with unforgiveness in your heart towards them. You're walking around saying that they are offended. They're walking in offense. You're saying they're, they're so mean and so unkind. But you here you are being mean and unkind, talking about them behind their back. You're called a backbiter. That's what you're doing. You're gossiping. I don't care if it's true or not. God doesn't care if it's true or not. You're backbiting. You're gossiping. And according to the word of God, that's wicked. That is just wicked. So you're gossiping about what the pastor did and, you know, he shouldn't have done it that way. That's not your place. God didn't make you pastor over that church. God made him or her pastor over that church. And that's between God and them. Your responsibility is to pray for them. You see, you're walking around so bound up with unforgiveness and being judgmental that you haven't taken the time and understood that or recognized that you need to be praying for them. There's a difference between discernment and judgment. Okay, there's a big difference. Discernment is the, uh, the, what God does, and he shows you someone else's sin or fault or struggle. But why would he show it to you? He would show it to you to pray for them and to come in agreement with them for the word of God in their life and to come in and, 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 and be the part of the body of Christ that you are with them and encourage them and lift them up. He didn't show you so that you could gossip about them and tell others about it. And yes, it is gossip when you're talking to other people about it. It is gossip. It's none of your business to be telling other people about his or her fault. If God showed it to you, he showed it to just you for you to do something about it, and that's to pray. Because no, you can't live for them, you can't walk for them, you can't change their heart 
Those are all givens. The Bible explains that. So that means that your responsibility is to pray for them. And my friend, if you're judging them, you can't pray for them because you then have unforgiveness in your own heart. How can you pray for someone if you can't even see them clearly? The Bible talks about having a mote in your own eye. And it says that you've got to first get it out. How can you see the other person's if you, you can't even see through yours? It says you've got to get that out of your own eye so that you can even see clearly. That means you can't even see clearly when it's in your eye. You don't even know what you're seeing when you're looking through. So when you're walking around with judgment in your heart and unforgiveness in your heart and you're talking about all these other people's faults, you don't even see them clearly. That's where the word perception comes from. You cannot clearly see. The Bible says it. The Bible says it. You can't even see what's in their eye because you can't see clearly. You're blind. So how can you walk around with accuracy calling out what other people are doing? You can't because you can't even see clearly what they're doing. The Bible says it. It's so serious and so important. It will stop what God is doing in your life if you walk into that. Because what happens is it goes deeper and deeper and it goes really fast. Why do you think Paul, God used Paul in the word. Why do you think Paul said, don't be unwise to not let the root of bitterness take hold of your heart? Why do you think he said to quickly make sure you don't allow that to happen? Because he knew by the Holy Spirit revelation that he had, that that will take you out quickly. It will stop what God has for you in your life and through you in your life. It will poison your relationships. It will poison your relationship with the Lord God because God will continue drawing you and love you. But you, when you're walking around in unforgiveness, judgment, bitterness, you're pushing God away. You're pushing him away. He won't push you away. You'll push him away. You're pushing him away. You have a choice, remember? Remember we talked about this in part one. You have a choice. God gave us free will. He gave us free will to love him or not. And if you love your own flesh, which is the way you, what you're doing when you're gossiping and you're just telling your side of the story. Have you ever said that? Well, I'm just telling my side of the story. That's nothing but your flesh. You don't need to tell your side of the story. Let God defend you. Let him defend you. Pray. Pray about it. Oh, yes, it hurts. Of course it hurts. You are human. Of course it hurts. No, it doesn't feel good. But you've got to stand up as a man or a woman of God. The man or woman of God that you are and you've got to say, I'm no longer going to be a child in my walk. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to do what the word says. And I'm not going to be tossed to and fro. That's part of it. Being tossed to and fro is anytime something happens to you, then there you go along with it. And when something else happens, there you go, getting pulled back the other way around along with it. There you go back into your old sin, back into your old sin, back into your old sin, because you haven't decided I'm not going to allow anything to take me from the stand that I have in Jesus Christ. I'm going to stand firm in what Jesus Christ says. Are you going to fall and make a mistake? Of course you're going to make mistakes. Of course you are. But that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about your decision to stand 
and your decision to live your life according to the word of God. It's so important that you do it. And being judgmental, judging other people, will take you away from God. And it says it here. I just read it to you. Then in verse 2, chapter 2, verse 2, Romans 2, 2, it says, But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such things and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? He's saying he's going to judge you because you're judging them. Remember in the book of Matthew when he talks about the when you, you read the Lord's Prayer when the disciples say, Jesus, how should we pray? And he takes them through the Lord's Prayer. He says, pray like this. We call it the Lord's Prayer. Pray like this. This is in the Beatitudes in Matthew 6. In there, he talks about forgiving so that you will be forgiven. It's contingent upon the other. Forgive so that you will be forgiven. That means if you don't forgive, you will not be forgiven. That's what it means. Look it up. You'll see it. Then it says right here, And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such things, and doest the same? You're walking around doing the same thing. That thou shalt escape the judgment of God? He's saying you're not going to escape his judgment either. So whether that man or woman is doing wrong, you're not responsible for them. You're responsible for you. Does it mean that you look at yourself as better than other people? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you look at yourself and, you know, we hear people say, well, you got to take care of you first. That's not what I mean. What I mean is you have to look in your own heart for sin before you start looking at everybody else as pointing the finger at them. That's what I mean. That's the word. That is the word. You've got to stop looking at everybody else and pretending or thinking you can see their heart. God might be showing you things, and there's no doubt that he can because he gives us discernment. He shows us things, and what we see through discernment is what the Holy Spirit has revealed to us. So don't get it wrong that you can see some things that the Lord has revealed to you, but does that mean that you see everything in their life? No, it doesn't. You only see what God reveals to you. That's it. And if he revealed to you, he had a purpose to reveal it to you. Not for you to judge them because he's clearly saying here that if you judge them, you're not going to escape the judgment. So that means that he has a good plan because everything God does is for the good of those that are called according to his purpose. Everything that he does, everything, 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 even the bad things that he allows. And that scripture I just said, all things work together for the good of the called that love the Lord and are, I just completely just now said that. Let me go back to that because I do not ever want to get the wrong word here. And forgive me for that. So it says it. Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. So there's no question about it. That the Lord God allowed you to do the things that you've done. That he's allowed you to get to the place that you're in. But he's constantly drawing you by his spirit because he wants you to turn your heart to him. When you don't judge, you're turning your heart to him. When you judge, you're turning away from him. You're turning away from him. When you 
Do not judge. You're turning your heart towards him because you're loving your neighbor as yourself. Well, not only are you doing that, but the Bible even says you're to esteem your neighbor greater than yourself. So that means you're actually supposed to put your neighbor before you. Now, there you go. That's something to think about. You're supposed to put your neighbor before you. That means your neighbor, when you look at him or her, and they said something unkind to you, then you're to say to yourself, what's going on in that person's life? I need to be praying for them. Maybe they need some encouragement. Doesn't that make more sense? If we're living lives, the Christian life, if we're living the Christian life according to the word of God, doesn't it make more sense that we would be loving towards each other and esteem one another greater than ourselves, as the word says? Wouldn't we do that? And wouldn't that make it a nicer place? Wouldn't that make the body of Christ and the world that we live in actually a nicer place? That's why the Lord said to do it. Because he wanted us to have love for one another and to be able to look at each other the way that we see, the way he sees us. Because my friend, he looks at us through the blood of Jesus because he knows us. So if he didn't look at us through the blood of Jesus, then he would see nothing but our sin and our faults. But he sees us through the blood of Jesus because he loves us and he knows who we are and what we've been through. He knows everything about us. He knows it all. He knows all of those hard things you've been through or whatever has happened. He also knows what we've done. That's our sin. And he still is a loving God because you see, when he looks at us, he gives us mercy and compassion. He doesn't sit back and say, well, that's it. She, you know, was... uh, unforgiving towards that man. That's it. She's going to hell. No, that's not what God says. Oh, it's so far from it. God looks at that person and he says, I see her heart and I'm going to teach her through this. Now, I cannot pretend to be God. So please excuse me, but this is what I imagine he would think. This is what I imagine he would say. I see her heart. I see my daughter's heart. And I know that this was something that she dealt with so-and-so years ago that she hadn't let go of yet. And it still hurts her. And it still was a trigger for her. And so I am going to teach her because I love her and I want her free from this. And you see, then God comes in and his Holy Spirit begins to give you comfort while you are in pain and you're hurt and you cry and your heart hurts. And you see, that's the kind of God that we serve. That's not judgment. We judge our own selves. If we choose Jesus Christ, then all of our sins are forgiven. All of them. If we choose our own flesh, the Bible says that if you walk in the flesh, you will die by the flesh. That's pretty scary. And what does it mean? It means you're going to die in your sin. It will literally kill you. You will turn away from God. 
Because if you're not walking towards him, you're walking away from him. There's only one or the other. There is no just standing still and kind of treading water. No, no, no. You can't do that. You can't do that. A long time ago, I remember when I first began walking in the word or walking for the Lord. And um, I'm a very visual person. And so often I would think of things that the Lord showed me and taught me. And I would think of them in pictures. And this is one of those pictures, and I remember when I recognized this. I remember when I learned this. It shocked me, but it's so true. As I was reading the Word and sitting under the Word, you know, uh, in church and, 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 and listening and learning as the Holy Spirit was giving me revelation and teaching me, what I began to understand was the Bible shows us it's as if we're in a raging river. It's as if we're in a raging river. And this raging, uh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to say a river because that's not the best way to describe it. It's as if we're in like a calm river. You ever been in a calm river? You know, it's just very beautiful, but it's still flowing. But it's very beautiful and peaceful. And if you ever lay back on uh, um, you know, an inner tube or something as you float in the river. If you close your eyes for a few minutes, then you open them, you'll realize that you've gone a little further down river. You didn't even feel yourself floating down river. You didn't even realize that you went down river. You were just a little further. And if you continue just floating without doing anything to paddle or to try to stop the uh, you know, the little inner tube, you're just going to keep floating down river, ever so quietly floating down river. You see, that's what sin is like in our lives and really reading the word. So let me give you a picture here of that. You're you, okay? And the river is life, okay? The river is your life. Every day, we've got to read the word. It is our bread. It is our sustenance. It is literally life-giving. The Bible says that the Lord God gave us the word. And Jesus is the word manifest in the flesh. So when you are reading the word, you're partaking of Jesus Christ. And you need that. He called himself the bread of life. That's why he said it. Because we need to eat the bread daily in order to live. That means that as we eat the bread daily, we're getting stronger and stronger in the word. Stronger and stronger, stronger and stronger. And we're going to live a life pleasing to God. Life is going to still, the river's still going to flow. Sometimes harder than other times. But when you're eating that bread of life, it's like you're paddling upstream. Sometimes it does feel difficult. Sometimes you hit a rough patch of water and the water is moving a little faster than others. And other times it's not so hard. You just easily paddle upstream. And yes, you're going upstream, but it's not such a hard task. But if you stop partaking of the word of God, if you stop eating the bread of life daily, you're going to look up and all of a sudden realize you're downstream all the way downstream because if you are not paddling, if you're not going towards the Lord, you're going away from him. 
So that little inner tube is going to float right on down the river while your eyes are closed. Okay? While your eyes are closed. You're not looking in the spirit. You're just letting life take you. And as you just let life keep going and take you, it's going to take you right to hell, my friend. You have to be wise. You've got to be wise. You've got to use wisdom. Paul said it so many times in his word, in the word, excuse me, in the words that he wrote, the word of God. He said it so many times. You have to be wise. We are not unwise. We are not foolish. Don't be unwise. Be wise. Have wisdom. God wants us and has given us wisdom in his word. But if you don't read it daily, you won't have that wisdom. You won't be strong enough to be wise. Nor will you even recognize when you're on your way away from the Lord. It's so important. So when you read the word, you begin to see what's happening in your life. And, and, and why? Why, 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 why? Because, you see, what we just read here in Romans 2, you just learned something about judgment. Maybe you didn't know that before. I know when I first read it, I didn't know. I really didn't know when I first read it. And now, because I read it, and I asked the Holy Spirit, I asked the Lord to give me revelation through his Holy Spirit, I now understand. I'm walking around doing the same thing if I'm judging people. I'm literally walking around doing the same thing. So in verse 4, it says... Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? So like you're walking around, you know, you're hating the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering. He is patient towards us. He is forgiving towards us. These are his riches. He does not just leave us out there and say, forget it, I'm done, I'm tired of her sin, I'm tired of her continually doing the same thing. That's not what the Lord God does. The Lord God is so loving and so wonderful. So wonderful. So as we go back, I'm going to go back now. I'm going to read five. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to read five. Then he says, um, I'm going to read that in a minute because we started at therefore. That means that there was a thought before that. Therefore means because of what happened before now this. So I'm going to go back to verse, to chapter one. Okay. And I'm going to start with Let's see here. 28. It says, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind, to those things which are not convenient. These are the people. These are sin. People who are living in sin. 
being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy. I want you to listen to these things. And these are some things that you and I have done. Okay, maybe even right now you're doing this in your heart. So being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication. Fornication is not only sexual fornication. Fornication is also when you go a whoring after other gods. God said it in his word. He called it. He said the people, the, the, the Israelites, the Hebrews, went a whoring after other gods, putting idols before him. He used those words, a whoring after other gods. When you are in relationship with the Lord God, you are intimate with him. Not physically, but it is, it is so intimate that it is, that's one of the ways that he describes it. So when you go against him and go after an idol, another God, then it's as if you're being unfaithful. Not as if you are being unfaithful to him. So that's another way, another word for fornication. Then wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy. Covetousness, wickedness, maliciousness. Have you ever been envious of other people? Come on, I know we have. I know you have. Everybody's done it before. Don't lie to yourself. The Bible says if you say that you don't sin, that you're a liar and the word of God is not in you. So you've envied, probably even today. Full of envy, murder, debate. Oh, that's arguing all the time. That's always arguing about things, being argumentative. Maybe some of you teenagers, some of you young adults have that going on in your heart. That's wicked. Deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, whoa, haters of God, despiteful, proud, proud. Proud is you saying, well, how dare he? He, he, he doesn't have a right to talk to me like that. She can't do that to me. She shouldn't be treating me like that. You're being prideful, proud. God calls that wicked. Boasters. Are you bragging about the things in your life? I'm not talking about sharing as a testimony. I'm talking about bragging about what's going on and always talking about, you know, did you see my new car today? Did you see, how about my house? My house is so nice. It's so beautiful, so much better than hers. You're being a boaster. And really that's pride because you want everyone to see how wonderful you are. And you're trying to make yourself better. And that's really it. So then you're talking about inventors of evil things. I mean, really, inventors of evil things. Are you sitting back and cocking ideas in your mind about how you're going to get even with this person or what you're going to do if she says this or how you're going to behave? Come on, come on, come on. That's part of that. Disobedient to parents. You know, this is something so serious that it's listed right here along the, along the wicked things. Disobedient to parents. God doesn't say it has anything to do with your age. Nothing at all. I've heard people say it so many times. No. Do you realize that Abraham's son, 
they say was a 30-year-old man when he was put on that altar, when Abraham was going to obey God and sacrifice his son. You don't see anything in the word about his son saying, his son Isaac saying, no, how dare you? You can't do this to me. I'm 30 years old. I'm an adult. I'm a grown man. No, because he wasn't being prideful. All that is pride, strife, contention. Then in verse 31, it says, without understanding, covenant breakers. Are you a woman or a man of your word? What you have come into covenant with, do you stay and walk in that covenant or do you break it? If you say, do you do? Then it says, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. I mean, these are so many things. I don't know how many things I've just named that have been in your life. But you know what those things are, and that's the most important part. You see, we're all human. All of us can name some of these things in our lives. Then in verse 32, it says, Who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death. Not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. My friends, we're going to end here for today. There's so much more to teach, but this right here, I want you to meditate on, chew on it. You know, the Bible says to meditate on the word of God. I've just shared with you the word of God. Meditate on it. It means to chew it like continually chew it and think about it and rethink about it and rethink about it and rethink about it so that it will renew your mind. It's the word. Maybe you're saying to yourself, you know, I've been serving God and I just need to make a change. Well, you can do it like that. That's all you've got to do. Just make a decision. Repent before God and decide to go the other direction and go towards God again. That's it. That's all you have to do. Praise God. It's so simple and God will forget all of your sins. But there's some of you out there today who have felt like They just kept being hindered and stopped by this. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. We're just going to go before the Lord in prayer. Lord God, we just come before you today because, Lord, we all, we love you. You are mighty and you are so holy and you are so wonderful and the things that you do are so grand and we cannot even think about who you are. We, we can't even wrap our minds around who you really are and, 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 and your wonder and your glory, but we love you and we choose to give you all the honor and all the praise 
Oh, we lift up our hands before you because we worship you, we love you, we glorify you. Hallelujah. We ask you to change our hearts. We come before you today asking you to change our hearts. Give us a heart of flesh. Give us each a heart of flesh. Give us a new heart of God. Renew. Your word says, make in me a clean heart of God and renew a right spirit within me. So Lord God, only you can do it. Make in us clean hearts, oh God, and renew right spirit within us that we may walk out our lives according to you and your will today, forever, in your name. Amen. <sighs> My friends, it's been an absolute pleasure. These times mean so much to me. I love you so dearly. God loves you so dearly. Go today. Read your word. Spend time with God daily. Spend time talking to him, praying for your children, praying for your enemies, praying for your loved ones, praying for the body of Christ. My friends, as you live your life, walking in oneness with God, with the Lord God, Jesus in you and you in him. You walk in the spirit and that therein is where life is. God bless you, friends.